Welcome to Game Store Profits, where we talk about God, games, and groups. I'm your co-host, Daniel Fisher. Along with me today, your host, Mike Perna and Jeff Romo. Oh, oh, please, go ahead, Jeff. Coming to you live from Southern California, my name is Jeff Romo. That, that was special. <laughs> yeah. We all are special. <laughs> It was worth the wait, I think. I don't know. We're saying we're we're all special snowflakes, and this is a special episode. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, this episode is so special, Mike. Do you know what I did right before we uh, decided to record? Well, yes, I do because you sent me a picture of it beforehand. But for the sake of the podcast, I'm going to say no, Daniel. I don't know what you did. What was it? <laughs> Well, I got to finally break out Scythe and play Scythe, and I will tell you this, it is better than what they anticipated to uh, for us to have as a game. I loved it, and it's now my number two game. Yeah. Behind Hero <laughs> Quest, right? No, zombies. Uh, yeah. But I will tell you, the miniatures in there are nice, but they're not pretentious. Yeah. <laughs> We are we gonna go for how many episodes in a row have we referenced the Hero Quest guy, the unboxing guy? Hey, you know what? I actually reference that almost every day of my life now, and I'm like, hey kids, nice job on your homework. At least it's not pretentious. <laughs> At this point, I you know I'd say I'd post the video up again, but I think I'd, I if I did it every time we mentioned him these days, I'd never not post that video. You know, we should have him on the podcast. Can <laughs> we? I'm going to message him. Go right ahead. All he can do is say no, or I don't know, he might be able to do something worse, I'm not sure. All right. He seems very enthusiastic. <laughs> Let's actually get talking about the games that we're doing and stuff like that. <laughs> so, Daniel, is there anything specific that you want to talk about Scythe? We've mentioned it a bunch of times, like everybody else on the internet, but now that you actually had first-hand experience, is there anything in particular that you want to say? Well, when I first started unboxing everything, and I noticed how thick the instruction manual was, I started getting kind of nervous, like, man, this is going to take longer than the allocated time to play for me to learn the first time through. And I had people coming over so we could all learn this game. And so we ended up uh, watching, because I love those how to play videos. And uh, so we started watching a, a video, and we set up during the whole thing. So we had a general idea, and I pointed uh, Slimp, my buddy, uh, as the rule master. So he had the book, so he had to look up the rules just in case we got confused. But once we got in there, and after a few rounds, it was pretty easy. I mean, it was. I mean, there was a lot that you had to pay attention to, but I mean, the game is simple. I mean, after you you get through the first few rounds on your first time. But, I mean, and, and you know, I've always said that Settlers of Catan with mechs, I wasn't really that far off. Really? Because, like, you're to build a mech, you have to have X amount of iron. Once you get X amount of iron, you spend that on a mech, and you get your mech. If you need to build a structure, you need a couple pieces of wood, which, of course, leads back to the same jokes that we always have about wood. And then, you know, if you want to upgrade something, you have to spend money and things like that. Uh, it, it, it's it's pretty cool. I mean, I love Catan, but this takes it to a whole different level. Well, the thing I like about it now, granted, I'm I'm one who enjoys uh, a good implication of dice. I love the fact that this is like like a little bit of Settlers plus it's a Euro game. I mean, there's no question 
about whether or not you can do something. If you want to do it and you have the option to do it, you can just do it. Yeah. There, there's yeah. no, there's no work. You can actually plan ahead. I mean, granted, from everything I've heard about it, there's a couple rounds where you won't be interacting with other people. And that, at that point, it's pretty much straight up Euro. It's like, what decisions do you make to get your little stuff going? Oh, yeah. But once the overlap starts happening, because I'm, I've always been a fan of the concepts of a Euro game where you're all doing your own little thing and building your own little engine. But a game without any player interaction isn't my cup of tea. So the fact that you can do all the cool little engine building, civilization building of a Euro and then put in combat and, you know, some, some player interaction where you have to be paying attention to what the other people are doing. It, it's like my perfect game and I'm, I've collected this large pile of, of friends who have it that aren't me and don't live anywhere near me. Mike, 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 <laughs> calm down. If I remember before this episode, you got yourself wound up. Yeah, and you had to take your medicine. But, yeah, c- combat was kind of interesting, too, because instead of rolling a die against statistics and things like that, you, you, everyone has power points, and you're allowed to spend up to seven power points during combat and that's actually what you're comparing who is going to spend more power points and then you also have uh, like a combat card that allows you to spend more power points it gives you for that so you you both take your little dial and you set it to the number that you're going to do and if you want to spend a card you have to slide it in behind the dial and you both lay it down at the same time and then whoever has a higher number wins and then you have to go back to your starting position with that that unit that fault yeah i I, mm, I still want to be playing it. Well, how about I drive up this weekend? I'm just kidding. I wish I could. Yeah. But. Yeah, no. It, at some point, it will be mine. I have a buddy who, who said that he wanted to give me a copy. And, and if he does, I will kiss the ground he walks on. But uh, even if even if he doesn't, at some point, I'm going to own it. Because there's no way I can't. It just might take a while. <laughs> well, this is getting my hopes up for Gloomhaven. I I hear good things. I hear very yeah. good things. And they work together. They they I guess are they both Stone Stonemeyer games? I don't think Gloomhaven is a Stonemeyer game. I don't think so. I I just knew they shared a booth during uh, the con, so Yeah, they definitely did that. They they definitely shared some space, but I think that's mostly because uh Stonemeyer games usually does a demo room. And the thing about a demo room is that it's outside of the dealer hall and you can't sell anything out of it. So I think they they worked it out so that Stonemeyer could sell copies of Scythe at Gen Con, and based on all the reports I've gotten, that was it, the best possible deal they could have made because I think they sold like a thousand copies. I was glad I got mine. I'm so I love it. I love it. I'm gonna play, I'm gonna try to play it again this weekend. Well, I, th- I think it would it would be worse if you just bought it and you put it on the shelf. I think that would be more infuriating than anything. Well, I had family life to have to deal with. At least you're enjoying it. That's good. Yeah, no. And and I will say, uh, and now the I won't say who did it because the person who has done this has said that, that they want to be uh, anonymous. They don't need a shout out or anything like that. So to honor that, I'm not going to say who it was, but someone got in touch with me recently because they've been going through the back catalog of uh, GSP, not up to current, but been going through the catalog. And 
you know, last episode we were talking about a certain Kickstarter called Invisible Sun <sighs> and how ridiculously gorgeous it is about how interesting and potentially like groundbreaking innovative it is, though it's Kickstarter. So we can't say right away if that's the case, but from all the hype, it looks like it's going to be doing something new and different, but it's also super expensive and we couldn't, none of us could afford it. Well, it just so happens that this individual found out that, yes, I am a raging Monty Cook fanboy and asked me, Hey Mike, if I got this for you, would you use it on the, ch on the ministry? He specifically talked about the YouTube channel, but I, I said, if I had it in my hands, I would do an unboxing thing on Periscope. I would do a theology play article about it. I promise you it would be mentioned on the podcast, and I'm sure it would be on the YouTube channel eventually, depending on our schedule. Why? And, <laughs> and he basically said, I just ordered a copy, and when it comes through, I'm going to send it your way. I then... It's amazing. I then gasped and said, thank you very much. But one thing he said was that he wanted me to encourage people that if you like what we do and, and give, and again, this is going to sound like I'm making it up, but this is literally what he said to me is that he wants to encourage other people to give to the ministry so that we can keep doing what we do. Because one thing that we were even talking about before we started recording today is that anytime we buy a new game, we, we love every time we can get a donation. We absolutely love it. Like I'm so so thankful for every publisher or designer who has gotten us stuff like Kara Games. Pat got us has gotten us a couple different copies of the, of their game. We've got the guys from Funhill Games giving us titles. We've got uh, Button Shy Games who have given us stuff. I love it when we can get that happening. Yeah, hmm. the way God I first started doing this for HTC was. You know, I did a GoFundMe, and just to get my initial gains for the ministry going, everything after that's been out of pocket, and people don't realize that. I know a lot of other podcasts and stuff have sponsors and things like that yeah. where they send them stuff, but all this, we do this for the love of the game and for God and for you guys. You'd be surprised at how few podcasts actually get their stuff sent to them. Usually, I mean, if a pod, if a podcast is getting sponsored, then they get stuff that way. But other than that, you know, a lot of well, us... I only admit the, the main one that we listen to outside of this one. <laughs> well, a lot of a lot of the ways that people get it is just, it's just exactly how we do, which is out of pocket. If the Inroads Ministries library grows, it's because one of us went out and shelled out some money for it. So whether you guys want to send us games, I'm always up for donations of games, or you want to just send us any kind of support that helps us do what we do. I, I spend a lot of my time trying to get churches and organizations and individuals to donate to support us because next year I'm hoping to have a really big year. I want to get to a bunch of local conventions. I want to set up more gaming groups and I want to uh, hopefully get us to Origins, get a team to Origins. And all of that takes money. If you want to help back that or even if you want to just send us a game, uh, I'm always up for taking donations of games because we we simply it's physically impossible for us to own all the games that people want and want to see. So I'm always up for that. Yeah, and if you if you don't like Mike, you can send it to me. Oh, <laughs> I'm just sitting over here, nice and quiet. That's all right. I'm just playing Mike. Sorry to interrupt you. Not no worries, no worries. But, uh, yeah, so in, in honor of, of the request to put that out there, 
Uh, I'm going to put that out there. That's what it is. We want to thank this individual. They know who they are. Thank you for this tremendous donation. Even though we're not going to actually see it until the Kickstarter fulfills November of next year, it's such a huge thing to know that you guys are supporting us and and want to get us something that nice and that epic. That it, it's it really is encouraging. At no point should you feel obligated, but if you want to, I know we always appreciate the support. Speaking of things that we do for other people, Jeff, you have been busting hump right now to get all these <laughs> one shots together, and apparently they've been going very well. So how about you tell us a little bit about those? I I cannot say how much I've enjoyed the first couple sessions so far. I mean we've it's it's exactly what we talk about again and week out when we put this show out there, when we make posts in the tavern. It's about making new friends around the table and well, Again, the old adage, whether it's a wooden table or a Formica table or a digital table, we're out in the business of making friends. And I definitely have done that. I mean, these are folks that we've pinged off and on through the tavern. A couple of them I've gamed with before in the Victoriana game. I got to tell you, it's, it's really cool to see that after a game session, one of two things happens. The camaraderie at the table was so good that the one-shot has stretched to a duology, which is the case of the Dungeon World game. We're going to actually finish that up. As of this recording, it's going to be finished on Friday night, so two days after this episode airs. So that happens. The other thing that happens is we we get folks like TR Knight and Zach Lorton who are organizing a separate game thread to try and set up future games for the group looking at whether it's uh, Feng Shui 2 or perhaps a Fate Accelerated game set, they've, they've decided, that, hey, we want to try this group again. That's, that's just everything that we wanted to do in the past. It's and everything that we wanted to do with this ministry, I should say. It's a, it's a fantastic fruit of the labor. Yeah, there have been two threads in the tavern lately that have made me super, super happy. Uh, the one was talking about how we can serve people at Gen Con and just the the blessing of of doing simple things like handing out water and cough drops to to people who needed them and to the people who were were outside the convention uh the people who were just there who are just who are constantly there they've been there every year as people who are outside who are homeless and who are looking for for anything and the just some simple act of humanity to acknowledge them and to give them some water that thread and talking about how that is was awesome and the other thread that I loved was when I think, was it Justin who put up the thread about like, Hey, these are, here's the, the master list of GMs and what they can run in case anybody wants to get a game together. Yeah. Neither one of those threads were instant, were instigated by us. Right. That's exactly it. That's so fantastic. That made me so happy because, you know, there's always this progression. I, I spent, I, I had a big family get together thing, uh, this past weekend. And I ended up, because it's people who I don't see all the time, I ended up having to do the, the short version of what we're doing with inroads to a lot of different people. And one of the things that was constantly there was I said, I said, look, we're growing constantly. It's not huge. We're not growing like by leaps and bounds, but we are slowly but consistently growing. And. One of the things that I love is, is that even just looking at the results of what's happening in this community, I, I would say that, that it's even more growing in that regard. 
when we started, it was just me posting in the tavern and just hoping that people would just look at it. Then it became me and a couple other people. Now a lot of people are, are getting excited and sharing stuff and not only sharing stuff, getting people together in service and in gaming and in, in prayer requests and stuff like that. Like seeing that over the past, I'd probably say like six months has been so encouraging because we want the tavern is, is you guys. It's owned by you guys. We are just there to moderate it. And so I love the fact that, that you guys are starting to, to own what's in the tavern and to really get people together there. I, I love it. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm super excited and I, I'm glad that more and more gaming is happening in that place. Yeah, for sure. I, I noticed, um, I'm seeing more posts about, and even from brand new folks who have joined in the tavern, uh, posts about, Hey, I'm going to start a gaming group at my church or I'm going to start a game, a gaming group over here. And then watch as the thread grows and people say, Oh, well, you should talk to this person and this person did something right and you should try this thing. And it, it, people just kind of glom onto it. It's so perfect. It is so amazing to see the folks out there bond like this. You know, whether they are doing a game like this online with, with, uh, you know, Roll20 or, or, or Google Hangouts or whatever, or if they're just going back and forth in a posting thread within Facebook or getting together in private messages and saying, hey, you guys want to put a game together, whatever. It, it, like you said, it's that growth. It's when things start to become self-perpetuating. That's, that's when you know things are starting to, to really look up in the effort that you're in. Yeah, I'm super excited about it because obviously in an ideal world, I'd love it if, if every one of those people who did something like that was like, I was inspired to do this by Inroads Ministries and here's what they do. In an ideal world, that would happen. But you know what? Sure. I honestly, I honestly don't care. No, that's, that's not why we do it. Right. There's part of me who wants that to happen just because I try to think in the big picture and, and the more people out there that talk about us, the better we are able to reach more people. The more people that get involved, the, the more stuff we can do and, and all that stuff. So, you know, when I put my president hat on and I try to do the big picture and the vision casting to use the churchy language, you know, I, I want that to happen just so that people know who we are and what we do and get more people in the community. But taking the president hat off and just being the, the Christian who wants to serve people and who, who sees this opportunity to love people and to, to really just do the work of ministry. I, I don't give a flip if anybody ever mentions us, but if by the stuff that we do and the, the community that we're fostering, if that leads itself to people doing awesome things in the name of God, I'm totally excited about that. That's for sure. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of really exciting stuff. We've got a pair of Dungeons and Dragons games coming up next month in September. By now, I would have already selected something. Selected a replacement for Zach Lorton, who unfortunately had to drop out due to um, a tear in the time-space continuum. <laughs> and so he's he's out, and whoever got selected by the dread pool of dice decision-making is in. So, so far I've got uh, five people on the hook, so I'm hoping there'll be more by the time I have to roll the dice on Friday. It, it's, like you said, I mean, it's just so much fun to see faces and to, to talk with them, uh, you know, short of being able to cross the country and meet all these folks, it's uh, it's about as close as I can get to it. The fantastic part about these one-shots is seeing how creative people are. 
you know, the, whether it's a background that they've created or if it's, uh, you know, a certain experience they're bringing to the table or a wacky accent. Looking at you, Zach, with a Russian accent, I can never hear somebody offer somebody beef jerky again <laughs> without thinking of your Russian accent. If you if you haven't heard it, take a listen to the uh, the out of sync video that I put together for Stars Without Numbers, and you'll hear Zach utter the famous words. So much fun! I have to say, I have a lot of appreciation for people who do a Russian accent when playing role playing games. That's right, that's right. And he carried it through, man. He carried it through. He was worried about. It. He's like, I think I'm going to devolve into a Scottish accent. I was like, No, man, you got it, brother. You you're locked in. It's so good. It is also okay because anyone who listens to Dov Poltsin on our on our Inroads Plays videos know that I had a couple different versions of the accent. <laughs> That's for sure. Oh man, but uh, but yeah, I'm I'm definitely having a lot of fun with that. I'm looking forward to Numenera. I'm looking forward to a. I'm, I'm setting up a new game for some close friends of mine who have. We've been playing that Pathfinder game for about six or seven years now, and that's come to a close. So now one of the guys that's been overseas for a long time is now going to be based in D.C., and so we're going to get the original core group back together, at least online, and we're going to start start a 5e campaign. I'm going to take him through the, the, the Lost Mine of Fendelver just to get him used to the system, and then I'll bring him into a longer campaign after that. So it'll be nice to get those boys back together. Things are definitely looking up. Having a, I'm having a fantastic time. The Lord's definitely blessed me with a very, a very good point in life. That's for sure. Well, it's it's at this point that I will jump in. You you referenced what I'm about to talk about news wise, and then we're gonna move on to the the next little topic here. But uh, I do want to announce that I am officially recruiting for Numenera. I know a number of people had gotten in touch with me saying that they wanted to be involved in the game. That was a while ago, though, that I got a lot of that contact. So if you are interested in playing Numenera uh, in the Cypher system, and because that's going to be the next game, it's going to be a change-up because Jeff will not be GMing. What? I I will be GMing. I will be taking the turn on that one. And uh, I'm (laughs) I'm actually incredibly nervous because Jeff has put the bar super high for this one. I think he'll do good. You're going to do great, man. And uh, you'll you'll definitely get a chance to see that, uh, you know, we started doing the YouTube channel games because we wanted to just have demonstrations of what these games were like before people, you know, put out the the hardcore monetary and time investment into getting into it. This will be our chance to demonstrate the fact that no two GMs are alike. <laughs> Amen. That's right. And they shouldn't be. So uh, I'm super excited about it. Uh, I did give a title to it because that is something that I did learn from Jeff is that when you, when you have a plan, you give it a name. And so it, it, I am calling the game Rebirth and that will make itself known through the course of things. I will, I'm going to try because of the fact that we're going to, I'm going to look to start the game up end of September, beginning October. I'll, I'll probably try to do like an audio preview thing. Uh, maybe throw that up on the YouTube channel with some choice images, but, uh, It'll, I'm really looking forward to it. Numenera, you can look back on a number of different episodes. Uh, I think even back when it was me and Luke talking about, uh, Numenera. Yeah, it's probably my new favorite system. And it's definitely in the top, I would probably say it's definitely top two, if not number one. And, uh, I'm very much looking forward to, to getting that to you guys and showing you what it's about. 
And so if you want, you can definitely comment on, well, when I post this podcast, you can comment there. You can comment on the tavern and you can also, cause I have the, the, the preview image there. You can comment on that or you can email me at Mike at inroadsministries.com. Uh, I don't know how many people I'm going to have. So depend if, if, you know, three people sign up, then three people we got. If, you know, more people sign up, which is possible, then I'll probably have to do a, a roll off or a, what I, I almost refer to it as a, a, a character beauty pageant. I'll just have people give me their, <laughs> give me their character concept in 20 minutes. And, uh, awesome. I pick the best, uh, character concept. I, I've done that before. It, it's always interesting when I phrase it that way. People are like, what are you talking about? I go, I want to know that you have a cool story. It's a cool story. I, I am a huge proponent of the rule of cool. So I want to make sure that you're bringing cool stuff to the table. <laughs> that, however, does lead into, we're going to, going to make the turn as it were, which is interesting because, uh, in a way it has nothing to do with what we've been talking about, but in every other way, it has everything to do with what we're talking about. We'll save what Daniel has to say for a little bit because his is, is uber special. Yeah. But, uh, well, I, I just want to start off uh, talking about a conversation that I ended up having with my wife and what that has kind of led to. It's especially important in light of the fact that I'm going to be running this new Monera game. I have been, you know, I'm anybody who's listened to this, anybody who's ever done anything with me and talked with me about anything has known that I'm a huge proponent uh, of Dungeons and Dragons. That is a wonderful system that it is uh, something that's been a huge part of my life. Uh, I'll even, when we post this up, I'll even put a link to the video I put up on our YouTube channel uh, about Gary Gygax Day and how D&D basically pulled me out of a vicious tailspin of depression. So I'm a huge proponent of this game. Uh, however, what has been a, a bit of a tension between my wife and I is that she has come from a place where she spent so much of her life being told that D&D is demonic. And what, while she doesn't, you know, while she trusts me, uh, there have been a couple of times where uh, she's always been, like, very spiritually sensitive. And there are times when I've been doing anything even remotely tied to D&D and she knows that I'm doing something tied to D&D and before she knows it she's under this huge emotional stress and she feels attacked and stuff like that and so it came to a head recently when she came up to me and said I I'm really not okay with D&D and she phrased it in a way that basically told me that I needed to stop because of what it was opening up in her and what, she, you know, she didn't trust the game. She didn't trust the, the, what was happening there. And she was very much uncomfortable with me being a part of it. And what happened was, is that I, I ended up, I, the way I, I phrased it to her was I was grieving on two sides. And so no matter how the, the resolution would play out, I was still grieving. On one side, I was being asked to, stop doing something that has been a part of my life since I was 16. So literally more than half my life, I was asked to give up something that 
I had this deep history with that pulled me out of this depression. Something that I have a group of friends that I've been playing with forever. And because of scheduling, usually the only time I get to see those guys is by playing D&D with them. And so all this stuff, and, and, and then obviously with the one shots and the fact that our first YouTube videos were all about, uh, the board members playing D and D 5e, like so much of what inroads does so much of what I do so much of who I am is, is wrapped up in this game. And I was asked to just give it up. The other side of that, however, was, was that I saw the pain that was, was with, that was in my wife and, and what she was dealing with. And I realized that, you know, whether it was because of the game or because of something around the game or because of just the circumstances that just happened to fall, I was causing her pain. And so I, I was grieving that. So even if, if, you know, everything went quote unquote my way and she was okay with it, I had, I had to deal with the fact that I was causing her pain. And so I brought that to the guys and I brought that to talk about, you know, maybe we should talk about this in an episode. Maybe there's something here. And we realized that in, in talking about this, this gaming in general, but gaming ministry, the stuff of existence, this stuff has a way of taking precedence over family if you're not paying attention to it. And one thing that you know, I believe, and after talking to these guys, I know they do too, that all of us are married and, you know, we all have families and all of us are trying to do this as ministry, but our first ministry is to our family. And so we, we have to think about what does that look like and what, what do we do to kind of address the fact that that's our first ministry that no matter what good we're doing with inroads, our first and foremost ministry is to our families. And so I kind of want to throw it out to, to you guys here and see, like, just say some stories about, you know, how you've, how you've had to deal with it, how you've had to even like struggle with yourself, because I know we've all done it to one degree or another. We've had to deal with the issue of having too much game time, or, you know, all of us do ministry. And so there's also that aspect of having, you know, even too much ministry can be a terrible thing when it comes to how much we're away from family. Well, Daniel, you want to go first? Well, you know, with, with, with me and Jessica, when we first started dating, I was probably at the height of my gaming, the way I game Friday nights. Cause she, she was a waitress anyway. So she worked Saturdays and Fridays and all that. So, but Friday nights I would play D and D and then Saturday during the days I would play Warhammer and then Saturday evenings I would, you know, go to a land party and not get home till two or three o'clock in the morning that Sunday. That was just what I did. That's what I was used to. That's all I ever did. That was my weekend was gaming period. And I, my schedules revolved around my gaming time. That was something very important to me. When we were starting to date, you know, she started getting days where she was off on Fridays. And, you know, she'd be like, well, if, if you go out that door to play, I'm not going to be here when you get back. And I was just like, whatever. <laughs> I'd keep going. You know, I was very selfish with my, myself. And uh, what I didn't realize at the time was 
I didn't understand what a love language was. And to my wife, spending time together, quality time, is, is one of her top love languages. I didn't realize that by me leaving to go play, I was hurting her, you know. So over over time, what I've ended up having to do was, for a while, it was like instead of playing every Friday night, you know, I would I would only roll. I, I cut out land parties altogether. First of all, and Warhammer cut got cut down to like once every three months. But for D and D, for me, it was like once every other week, and then it started getting to be once a month. And then you know, and if if I run one, I try to host it here because I'm still around my family. So you know, I'm not away from them because when I go into hosting mode, when I start camp, you know drawing up a campaign that's what i do i immerse myself and again i start spending time away from her for a game and you know she's a little bit more important than that game even though it's my obsession because we all are here because we have an obsession with games and with god and with groups so it's what this is all about and so i have to be kept in check you know, and then especially with my kids, now that I'm sharing my games with my kids, you know, I can be like, well, I'm playing a game with the kids, so I, I can spend all this time. But then again, my wife's not playing, so I still have to pull myself back out of it. And that that's some of the things that I've had to deal with over the time, you know, with the, the uh, addition now of a gamer number five to my family coming soon in April. You know, I, I'm going to have to spend a little bit more time away from the game spend it with my family, but which will also lead to me taking and probably cutting away some of the fat in my gaming situations because I don't need to spend time doing something that's not really going to provide more for the ministry for me. But yeah, we're, we got a kid number three coming. Congratulations, man! That's really awesome. Thanks. It's really cool. <laughs> yeah, it's it's something we've been trying for for a little bit over two years now. My wife suffers from polycystic ovarian syndrome or something like that. Pretty much just means that she never, uh, in, in redneck terms, she doesn't lay eggs well. <laughs> oh my gosh! So we we had to control it with diet. We we did end up using like essential oils. To help regulate her hormones and things like that. So, and those things yeah. do work, by the way. And by and by, you know, now you're basically going to have an entire adventuring party. Oh yeah, pretty much. I mean, you realize I, that, right? Well, see, that's the thing that Jessica doesn't. She she likes card games. I and and I'm not that. And when I'm talking about card games, this is played with your standard fifty-two piece deck. I don't like those games. But now with the kids, though, I've already got both of my kids role playing. My, I mean, especially with twerps. I mean, they love it. You know, now this got this next one coming, and and I don't know if it's going to be a boy or a girl, and we're actually not going to find out to the day it's born. That's oh, good. Oh man, that's a good way to go. So, a three so, a three party game is good. Yeah. So Jeff, Jeff, how about you? Has there been any kind of struggle on your end to keep things going, and how you deal? Oh, with sure. That? Oh sure. We. Um, we all, we talked about this before the the broadcast, and it's something that's well known in the community. But you know, these these types of board games that we're talking about, like you said, outside of you know playing with the fifty two card deck or or role playing games, especially, can become very immersive. They become very 
time consuming. Well, we started we started this episode talking about Scythe. Scythe takes about two hours. Right. And that exactly. and that's if you know what you're doing. Uh one hundred and fifteen minutes to be precise. <laughs> nice. That that last five minutes makes a huge difference. But as you you know, as you're prepping, you know, Daniel hinted at this, and Mike, you're going through this now with uh, with Numenera. It's the the time the time that just kind of drifts on by. It that just slips away super fast when you know, not even when you're gaming, but when you're just preparing, when you're doing some writing, or you know, you're listening to music and you're doing your thing. When we first got married, I was still in single mode, thinking, "Oh, well, I can stay out till however late." You know, she knows where I'm at. I'm not out there roaming the streets or anything. I'm over at my friend's house and she knows exactly where they live. We're only about five miles away. So there shouldn't be a problem. But it was so for my wife, her love language is service. That's one of the biggest things. The service translates in her heart to being invested in the family, being invested in the home. You know, it's not just about doing dishes or it's not about cooking. It's not about, you know, picking up after myself or whatever. It's about your heart is invested in this family, is invested in this marriage, and you do that through this. So over, you know, we've been married almost 14 years now, so it's taken me a while to to learn that lesson, to find that happy medium. And, you know, ever so often I kind of drift a little bit. I have too many games going, or, or a lot of this has started stemming from responsibilities within roads. And while they are fun responsibilities, and I take a lot of joy out of them, I have to be very cautious with the time that that takes as well. Prepping, uh, setting things up online for the actual games themselves. I, I tend to try and schedule the games during times when I know that, you know, either she'll be busy or she has things to do. I have a game that I do for a bunch of people that are overseas. So I start the game at five in the morning on Saturday and I know that she sleeps in. So that works out perfectly. So it's, it's working my time schedule. It's making sure that I'm conscious of what's going on in the household, and it's making sure that we talk. You know, the biggest, the biggest thing that I can say after being in a marriage mentoring program in my church for the past seven years is talk. You need to understand what your 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 other half is saying. You need to understand what he or she is saying to you when when they talk to you. There's that. To, to use the sci-fi parlance in Avatar, they have that phrase, I see you. And it means that I actually see into you. I know what you're saying when you just look at me. I know what you're saying when you make certain gestures. I know what you're saying when you use those words in that tone. And if you're truly, honestly invested in the marriage and you love the person that you're with, you're going to listen. You're going to see them for who they are and the th- types of needs that they have for that time. So that's that's been a long process over the last 14 years is... is learning that language and we're still learning it's still a learning process but if communication is there and you truly honestly listen to one another then that happy medium can be found that mutual respect can be paid and you can have a very happy life that's for sure i again another huge blessing in my life is my marriage to my wife i mean she's an enormous blessing i find myself spending a lot of time you know i for a while there i was the guy that everyone went to uh when they didn't belong to a church but they wanted to get married Uh, i was that guy for a bunch of people and for a while there i i really loved it and really the only reason i'm stopping I'm going to perform my brother's wedding next year, but other than that, I'm pretty much out of that game. That has everything to do with timing. It has nothing to do with not wanting to do it anymore. But 
I always loved one of the first things I did when I when I met with a couple that wanted to get married was I started looking over the different uh, verses that talk about family responsibilities and and what it, what it means to be leaders of the house and stuff like that. And uh, it was always fun because you know there's a lot of verses I could point to that say that we have a responsibility to our family first that your household should take precedent over your ministry uh, because they are your first ministry. But the one that I always loved was when I was talking to people, because especially because most of the people that I dealt with uh, aren't really Christians. Most of them have, have never cracked a Bible a day in their life. And so I'd, I'd point out, you know, we all know that passage about, you know, wives submit to your husbands. And there's been a couple, I think that the funniest one was when I did my cousin's wedding. And her husband, Jay, looked at me and he's like, yes, he's like, I support this. And I go, wait a minute, wait one moment, because what happens next verse? And basically it says that husbands are to love their wives as Christ did. And, yeah. and I, and I looked, I looked at, I looked at Jay and I'm like, Jay, what did Jesus do for the church? <laughs> and, he, and he's like, he's like, he died on the cross i go good answer that means you are literally supposed to love her in a way that is so sacrificial that you would give up your entire self for her he says so lots of people love to look at that submission part and say say oh yeah that means that she's below me and she has to serve me and, and i'm the boss and i'm like y'all need to look at the next verse <laughs> and uh the reason I, I i do that is because i'm sitting here and uh, I realized, you know, I, this isn't a new realization, but it happened a while ago and it's kind of been brought up again in this, these last conversations is that that my first ministry is to the woman who is currently sleeping a couple rooms over, or at least I hope she's sleeping. She is my primary responsibility. And as much as I love what's happened to Inroads, as much as I love talking about the growth and the work and all that stuff that I mentioned early on, she is my primary responsibility. And... I'm her responsibility. We are, are in this together. And we are literally, the way I usually describe it is that both people in the relationship have to be willing to completely remove themselves for the betterment of the other. And it takes a lifetime to do that well. But I have to realize, and this is something that I still work with, and I still, it's not easy. I mean, like I said, I struggled, and, and I'm still struggling because we haven't really come to a full resolution on this whole what's going on with me playing D&D thing. But uh, I, I realized that like, even with as much as going on with inroads, as much as I think that God has called me to inroads, I have to hold it lo loosely because if there is any point where inroads takes precedent over her, I'm wrong. And that goes with a lot of different stuff. And maybe you're not in ministry. Maybe it's your day-to-day. -day. Maybe it's your work. Maybe it's another hobby. Maybe, maybe it is your gaming. But all of us who have these families, and even if you're not, maybe if you're listening and you're younger or you're still dating or you've never been in a, in a, in a relationship that's at this level, you have ties to other people. You have family. Now, maybe it's not the same as this, but you do have family. And, you know, there are certain things that you have responsibilities with in that family unit. And for me, I realized that I, I have to be willing to give up the games that I play and inroads as a whole 
if I need to for her. And it's hard. But one thing that, and this has, you know, just the, the broader context, love does that. One of the coolest things that I was ever told, a story that my buddy told me in college, was his dad was a pastor for a long time. And uh, he told me that every year he would look at at his his mom, his the, the, the guy's wife, and he would say, are you still in this? And the understanding being that the first time she said no, he would quit. And I know a lot of guys in ministry where their ministry and their calling is so important to them. But at the same point, it's a high calling to be in a family, to be a leader in, in the home. And this doesn't just apply to the guys. This is everyone. You have to be willing to put them first, that they are the most important. And, you know, we've often talked on this podcast about the idea of establishing boundaries and healthy gaming. If you will find yourself in a place where the idea of putting them first is difficult, you are too far. Stop gaming now. And even saying that sounds weird coming from this podcast, but as much as, as I'm a proponent of it, as much as we as a ministry and these guys in the podcast with me are proponents of gaming and how powerful it is, if you cannot put your family first, you are wrong. And no matter how much good you're doing, no matter how much fun you're having, you are still wrong. That's absolutely right. It, there's there's got to be a, there's got to be that clear definition of what what is best suited for the the individual versus the family, and what's better suited for your desires versus the family. Are your desires feeding into what makes the family better, what re- raises them up, versus just raising up the self? And, you know, I'd, like I said, in those early years, it was a little bit tough to make that decision for myself just because I wasn't, I wasn't that closely walking with the Lord. And obviously my, myself and the importance of my, my gaming habits and everything were paramount because that's what I've been doing all those years before I was married. And coming to that realization that, you know, there's not somebody else, there's somebody else being impacted by my absence. Right. There's there's somebody that's being impacted by my decision making. And it's it's taking that into account that has made my life a lot more fulfilling than it was before when I was just thinking about myself. You know, with me, though, it 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 took me a long time to learn that. And um, I actually think that over time, I even ruined a lot of relationships with friends that didn't gain growing up because of it too because they wanted to hang out or spend time with me as well and I'm like no I can't I got this but I mean once I figured out that I for me I was being stupid (laughs) and it was all me and not other people uh, you know I, I quickly had to make an adjustment on that and I still find myself having to force myself to do it because it's it draws you in Oh, it's so easy, right? Yeah, it's like crack. It's so easy. Yeah. I mean, because you're you're really you're feeding components of yourself into it. You know, like when you're writing a game or when you're you're coming up with a strategy for Scythe, I mean it's you get so wrapped up in it. Oh, yeah, you it's like that they they don't understand. I think that the when we play games like Dungeons and Dragons, 
Numenera and things like that is that we're building a world and I think that in a way it kind of points back to our you know how we are supposed to be like Christ and like God and God was the creator and and you know we we yearn to create you know at some level you know whether it's in a painting or building a house or something like that and and this is just the way some people you know feel that yearning well I hope that we've we've given you guys some some thoughts to to just ponder over and you know like I said this thing with my wife we haven't fully resolved it I mean we're okay where you know I when when she went to bed you know I was in there you know snuggling with her like it was my, our normal end of day you know tradition even in the midst of talking about how confused we were and how some of the things you know, whenever you get any kind of emotional stuff happening, there are words said that you wish you didn't say. And that, that happened today. But at the same point, we came back and, and talked about that. We're still in the process of resolving this. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm in this weird middle ground where I have a trip scheduled to go play D&D. I have my D&D book sitting right next to me. But if she comes to the point through prayer and doing what she's doing that she says, Mike, you need to get rid of it, then... I already have a plan on how to get it gone. And I have a plan to change up the, the idea of that trip to go see my buddy. It's it's in process. And even when this episode goes live, it might not be done with that process yet. So the stuff that we're talking about here isn't about getting to that end game and finding that, you know, that that result that you want. It's it's about just being able to ask yourself and, and I hope that you do through the course of this, that you ask yourself, are my games more important to me than my family? And it's easy to just brush that off and say, of course they're not. I love my family. They're wonderful. But really take a hard look at yourself and, and see if that is actually the case in a practical sense. Because it's important that you do that, you evaluate that. In particularly in this instance, we have a high view of what the family is supposed to be like, about what love in in this kind of relationship is supposed to be like. It's supposed to be self-sacrificial. And I'm sure I speak for the rest of these guys when I say, if nothing else, we hope that you listen to this and start asking yourself those questions. Start evaluating where you are and where your stuff is and, you know, see about how you can, if, if you're out of whack, if you find yourself, you know, in a place where, you know, you put X, Y, or Z in front of your family, then maybe try to think about ways that you can, can remedy that, that you can, can move back towards putting that, putting your family first and putting them first and foremost, because, that's what we're supposed to do. Yeah. And definitely look for look for options like what you're talking about, Mike, is that you've got a game plan in place that, you know, if it goes one way or the other, I know what I'm going to need, need to do. And those are options that you discuss with your family saying, you know, here's here's what my options are to remedy this. Is this good with you? Is this something that will work with you? And discuss that with your partner to say, yeah, this, this will definitely make the situation better. And I've... You know, in the course of this life, 
I've found so many different options. And that time of self-reflection that, that you're talking about, Mike, is an excellent opportunity to do some house cleaning. You know, there, there may be elements in your life that are maybe hindering both, you know, being a part of a, of a strong relationship and also maybe might be hindering, hindering your gaming life if that's something that's important to you. You know, there's, there's, there could be elements that you can trim back and say, oh, you know what, I could really focus more on this and I think I'd have more time to handle things. Um, so it's, it's always a good time, a good thing to do a little self-reflection, not self-absorption, but self-reflection. It's a, it's a good thing. Uh, I think we will wrap it up there. Uh, this is a, a really good episode, guys. Uh, congrats again, Daniel, on Thank the yeah. the in the uh, imminent arrival of the, your third gamer. <laughs> you know, <laughs> as long as I get the middle name of my choice, I will be okay. I, I tell my wife, if it's a boy, it has to be named Tiberius. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm thankful that you said that it's the middle name of Tiberius. I said, you can name it whatever you want, but if you name it James, I will clean house for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's a fan. That's a fan. <laughs> I love it. Well, on that bombshell, uh, yeah, let's, uh, so, uh, <laughs> let's talk about some of the ways we can get in touch. Uh, how about inroadsministries.com? That's a that's a good place to start, I think. It is the bulk of where you'll find links to everything about us. You'll find uh, the all the stuff that is is my responsibility, aka the stuff that's the quote unquote official inroads social media stuff is at inroads. You find me on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Periscope. I don't often Periscope, but I do it enough that I figured I'd list that anyway, especially because you can find that via Twitter. We are also we have the Facebook group. We have the Tavern. Uh, you can find that on inroadsministries.com or you can go to facebook.com slash groups slash game store profits. Inroads Ministries also has a Facebook page and uh, I am always happy to talk to anybody. I try very hard to get back to anybody who emails me within a day. I, I'd like to try and get as instant as possible, but I can say that I, I'm usually able to do it within at least one day. So you can email us uh, either at contact at inroadsministries.com or mine is mike at inroadsministries.com. And how about you, Daniel? How can folks get in touch with you? The quick and easiest way would be email me at daniel.l.fisher at f-i-s-h-e-r at gmail.com. You can also get a hold of me just on Facebook. Just look for me in the tavern. That's where I hang out most of the time anyway. I mean, that's really the easiest way to get a hold of me. And for me, all the same places that uh, that they've mentioned, the Enroads site, the Tavern, Enroads page. Uh, check us out on YouTube. We've got a YouTube channel that has a few of our videos. Uh, we'll be having some new stuff going up there. Um, you can take a look at our Victoriana game, an old D&D campaign. We can also have, uh, you can take a look at the one-shot games that have already, uh, already gone by. Uh, and then coming to a theater near you, Numenera. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. And, uh, and then for me, if you want to get in touch with me on the tavern, I'll be there. Just look for me, Jeff Romo. That's me on Facebook. And then you can find me on Twitter at G-S-P-K-H-E-E-G-A-N. That's G-S-P Keegan, uh, on Twitter. And, uh, I think, I think it smells like an ending. It smells like an ending. So I'll throw it out there. And we all know this, that God is the game master. And no matter how the dice fall, the game plays on.